Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Pastor Ashley preached last week, started a series on dreams. And he gave you all homework. I was in, in our Mount Barker campus. Unbelievable what Pastor Tony and Jess Begley are doing in Mount Barker. Emily's blowing it up there as a boss lady. You'll be pleased to know you are sowing great leadership and uh, all sorts of things into other campuses from this campus. And that is indeed what God wants. This is a lighthouse campus, it's a sending campus, it's a missionary hub, it's like Jerusalem and Atlanta is like Antioch and from those two places, people will be sent to all parts of the world. But Pastor Ashley gave you homework last week. Who can remember what it was? Wow. (laughs) Darling, I hope you're not listening online. Five-year plan. Thank you, Pastor Alice. Five-year plan. What are you going to be? Where are you going to be? What are you going to do in five years? That um, exercise he got you to do with the days left challenged me to my core because my days left have four numbers. There's only four numbers in the days I have left. That challenges me. I'm going to make sure every single one of them counts. Saya Suda Mulai, oh, hang on. Saya Suda Mulai Belaja Bahasa Indonesia dan Portuguese. That's what I'm doing with my five years. Who understood me? Did I do all right? It's okay, my pronunciation. I was a little nervous, so. That is a language spoke by over 370 million people worldwide as their first language. And I intend to preach the gospel. In fact, that's two languages, Bahasa Indonesia, Portuguese, and Portuguese. And I intend to learn those two languages over the next five years to be fluent enough to be able to preach the gospel and communicate the love of Jesus Christ to those 370 million people. I'm not telling you that to brag, I'm telling you that because I was challenged to the core by what I'm gonna do in the next five years. I wanna challenge you to write a vision, make it plain, begin to dream, dream bigger. Dream bigger. You know, Pastor Ashley talked about Joseph. And one of the words Pastor Ashley said, one of the things he said, there's nothing like a dream to activate your faith and pull you out of the past if you're stuck in it and propel you into the future. I'm telling you, dreams will propel you into the future. And he talked about Joseph being the ultimate dreamer and dreaming dreams and then everything going wrong, being mistreated and sold into slavery by his family and imprisoned and all of those terrible things. And yet his dream, 
He never lost sight of his dream. He didn't allow his circumstances to cause bitterness to grow in his heart, but he kept looking forward to the dream that God had given him. And as a result, that dream came to pass. But as a result of him walking through the circumstances, God made him strong. God made him into the ruler of Egypt, second under Pharaoh. God made him into a person that was not only able to live out his dream, but save his entire family and nation. Excuse me, you see your dream is always bigger than you. Your dream is not for you. And I felt like when I was preparing this morning, the Holy Spirit just said to me, Jane, I want you to go back a step. I was going to go forward. And I felt God say, no, go back a step. Because Pastor Ashley started to talk about Jacob, Joseph's grandfather. And his name means supplanter. And we know the story that Jacob deceived his brother out of the birthright. His whole early life was about deception. And then he found himself running for his life away from his brother. And as he ran, he came to a place that he didn't have a clue. I mean, it was called Luz, which I think means almond tree. It wasn't particularly a special place, but as he found himself at nighttime in this place. He lay, took a rock and lay uh, his head upon that rock. And the Bible says he dreamed a dream and he saw a staircase ascending to heaven. And what happened to him in that place was God gave him a covenant. God gave him a dream. God gave him a vision. In that dream, God said to him, I will bless you. If you will, if you will follow after me, if you will, will make me your God, I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will prosper you. And God gave him a dream. And then he goes on to Laban, Laban and the whole thing that works out. He ends up working for seven years for a and he gets tricked and he's got given Leah and then he really wanted Rachel and then he works another seven years, gets Rachel and God multiplies him and God teaches him. But what I want to talk to you about is that the encounter with God, you see, Joseph had a dream, Jacob had a dream, but both of them had an encounter with God, particularly Jacob I want to focus on today had an encounter with God and that dream came from God. You see, if you do not build your dream on truth, your dream will not prosper. And I wanna go back and talk to you because Pastor Ashley said that Pastor Jane will be preaching about how to unpack your dreams. Well, I actually am this morning teaching you how to unpack your dreams because I'm teaching you that your dream needs to be on the foundation of truth. There is no point in trying to interpret the dream that you have unless the dream that you have comes from God and is based upon the truth of the purpose for which you were created. And so this morning, I I really feel 
to talk to you about truth. You know, in this world, the world has gone crazy, absolutely crazy. There is your truth, there's my truth, there's their truth. I hear people say to me, including Christians, all the time, well, this is my truth. You have to affirm my truth. How dare you? How dare you challenge my truth? This is my truth. And I'm like, wow. You know, the Bible, not the Bible, absolute truth is something that is true for all people, all places, at all times. That is what absolute truth is defined as. Now, absolute truth is present in our lives every single day. In fact, we rely on it. Like the principle of gravity is an absolute truth. And we understand that. (laughs) And we embrace that. A circle has no corners. That is an absolute truth. Mathematics is filled with absolute truths. We embrace those things. But you know what? We are only uncomfortable embracing, uh, as in we, the world, are only uncomfortable in, in embracing absolute truth when it comes to morality and when it comes to religion. The world is founded on absolute truth. And that truth applies to every single person in every single place at all times except morality and religion, that they are, they are open to interpretation. There are so many truths, so many ways to God. That's what the world says. Well, I want to look around, want you to look around. You were in a church this morning, and hopefully you all came of your own free will. You are not being held here against your will. And so in the spirit of the world, this is my truth. I want to read a scripture to you. You're all very quiet this morning. I may have to just blow that out of the water. What do you reckon, Pastor Greg? He's not quiet. All right. I'm going to read something to you. John 18, 37 to 38. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? He's talking to Jesus. He's trying Jesus before the people because the, the truth that Jesus was speaking was upsetting people's comfortability. It was upsetting their morality. It was upsetting a group of laws that they had clung to as absolute truth. And Jesus came into the world to declare the truth. He says in this And and Pilate is cross-examining him at the time when he is on trial and he is either going to be set free or he is going to be crucified. And Pilate says to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I've come into the world. What? That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? That is the same question I see when I scroll Instagram, 
when I go on Facebook, when I read a newspaper, when I listen to the news, the world is asking, what is truth? Because I have a truth, and you have a truth, and they have a truth, and this other group of people have their truth. What is truth? It's a mocking. How can you define truth? Jesus asked that of Pilate. But you notice Jesus has said, I came for this cause, to bear witness to the truth. The truth. Everybody. You know, tolerance has become a virtue. People think that kindness equals tolerance. Now, tolerance can be kindness. You're still really quiet. The truth we are uncomfortable with is a truth attached to morality or religion. You see, we like to pick and choose our own truth. We like to decide what we want our truth to be. Why? Because that fits in with our behavior. And if I choose the truth, I have to adjust my behavior to the truth I believe because believe Belief results in action. And if I believe the truth, I will have to adjust my actions to come into line with my belief. So I choose to believe this because it is more comfortable for me. Because it just makes me feel like I am doing the right thing. But there is only one truth. Absolute truth originates from God, who didn't just create truth, but He is truth. And I want to ask you, what is your truth? What is your truth about God? What is your truth about Jesus Christ, God's Son? Is he just a prophet, a man that walked this earth with some good teachings? Is he up there with Buddha? Is he up there with every other person who is a religious leader figure? What is your truth about God? What is your truth about yourself? Do you believe you were put on this planet for a purpose? Or do you think you're just living out your days trying the best you can? What is your truth about your marriage? What is your truth about your parenting? What is your truth about the purpose for your life right now if you're a student and you're unsure about what the future holds? What is your truth? How do you find that truth? What is your truth about abortion? What is your truth about gender identity? What is your truth about the Big Bang Theory? What is your truth about the flood? I could go on and on and on and on. Because in a room like this, there is almost most as many truths as there are people in this room. And that ought not to be so. John 14 verse 6 says this, Jesus speaking, and Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Jesus is declaring that he is the truth. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to understand that we don't have to work out our truth. We've met our truth already. I have a relationship with the truth. And as soon as I start to question the truth out there as the world is, confusion comes. As soon, if you, if you show me a confused person, I will show you a person who does not have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. I can promise you they don't have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. They may have one time accepted him as their savior, but he is not Lord of their lives. Because when Jesus is Lord, you bow at his feet and he is the truth that you align yourself with. I'm not confused about the truth. But if there are times where something I don't understand comes across my path and that does happen. I don't know everything, but I do know Jesus and he is the truth. And when I have a question about the truth, I do not Google it. When I have a question about the truth, I do not go to a friend. I do not go to the internet. I do not go to some psychologist, as good as psychologists are and they are needed. I do not go to some guru. I do not read a book written by somebody that I have no idea what state their life is in. But if I am confused, I get on my knees. And you know what I do? I go to this. This is the Word of God. And the Bible says your Word is truth. Because if Jesus is truth, and He is part of the Trinity, and God sent Him to the world, we have to believe that every word written in this book is truth, divine truth. You see, in this book is the truth that you can live your life with. There, in this book is the truth to help you parent. In this book, can I do... Oh, no, I can't, I can't. In this, in this book is the truth you will find your purpose. You know, God spoke to me about who I should marry out of the pages of this book. I have four or five scriptures that leapt off the page to me and said, he is the right one. Now, the name Ashley is not in the Bible, unfortunately. But if it was, I would have found it. Because I was searching God's word. Is this the man? Is he the one? And God spoke to me out of his word over and over and over again until I was so sure I knew that he was the one. You don't have to guess the truth. You can find the truth, but we can't make up the truth. We can't define the truth. We have to find the truth within the pages of God's word. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, 
Not just read it once a week. Not even just a little verse every day. If you abide, live, dwell in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. If you are not living in freedom, church, you're not living in the word. This is the Bible. In fact, the rest of my message, I'm just reading scripture to you because I want you to know the truth. And I don't want you to know the truth according to Jane. I want you to know the truth according to Jesus. I want you to know the truth of God's word that God has given you so that you don't need to be confused. You don't need to question. You don't need to listen to the lies of the world who are shouting their truth their opinion so loud and we as the church of Jesus Christ need to know the truth and shout it louder. John 17, 17. This is Jesus talking about his disciples. Sanctify them. Change them, in other words, to be godly, the godly people you were created to be. If you are struggling with sin, if you are struggling with those desires and, and you're struggling to want to believe an alternative truth, just not the whole truth, not all of it, but you just want to believe this little bit of the world's truth so that you can live in this sin comfortably. I'm sorry, I'm going to offend some people today. You're all very quiet, but I need this is this word you've got to understand is like exploding out of my spirit. Jesus says, sanctify them, change them to be godly, the godly people they were created to be. They're my words. By your truth. Your word is truth. There has to be an absolute standard that we align ourselves to, or else there will be confusion. You know, some of the truths in these, this word challenge me to my core. Forgive your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. That challenges me to my core because I want to be a victim over here. I want to lick my wounds and say, but I'm hurt. But I, I deserve, I have a... There's a, I have a right to be upset. Did you hear what they said? And God says, you poor thing. No, he does because truth and mercy are the Siamese twins of the gospel. So when you hear me preaching about truth, Understand that mercy stands beside because Jesus Christ is truth, but he loves you so much and has so much mercy that he took upon himself your sin, your shame, every single thing you have done wrong. He took it upon himself in mercy because he loves you, but it doesn't change the truth. He just, you know what mercy does? It gives you a way out. So when I'm hurt, when I've been wounded, 
He does say, you poor thing. Come over here. This is the truth. And the truth will set you free from what? My hurt and my wounds. It's God's way. All right. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. All scripture. I know Christians who pick and choose what scripture they're going to use. Oh, that, and I'm a rapper. My son raps, Benjamin. I've always wanted to rap. Sometimes I break out a little bit in the car, and he's like, Mum, that is so wrong. <laughs> well, I happen to remember, for those of you that remember my mother, she did a little bit of a rap at times. There's a spirit of my mother upon me. Not today. <laughs> all, sc <laughs> all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true. Psalm 119, 160, the entirety of your word is truth and every one of your judgments endures forever. And can I just speak into devotional Bible readings? Because when I was preparing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I'm not a big fan. And I was like, no, but I used devotional Bible reading sometimes. So, nevertheless, I'm not a big fan. And he said, think about it, Jane. I went to my Bible app and flicked through comforting devotions for middle-aged women. <laughs> that is not one I've read. Just saying. Devotions to bring blessing and favor into your life. Devotions for confidence, for business. All of these things. What has happened is people have picked and chosen words out of the scripture that are mercy words. <laughs> they're truth, but they're stroking. You are wonderful. No verses that speak to this because they wouldn't be popular otherwise and no one would read them. So they choose scriptures that are popular and make people feel good. And I am not against Bible devotions, devotional plans, but I am for reading your Bible cover to cover, cover to cover, cover to cover every single word so that you get the whole truth and you don't pick and choose your own truth out of God's Word because that's the Christian version of what the world do. Please do not choose your truth according to your circumstances or according to your past experience or according to your past hurt. Read every word, every scripture, the ones that confront you, the ones that make you uncomfortable. Because when you feel uncomfortable reading God's Word, it is a sign that God wants you to align you to His truth. You see out there, the world has lost its mind. It has lost its mind and it is speaking lies 
blatant lies in some cases, in other cases, just a twisting and a suppression of the truth and omitting certain parts of the truth to make a new truth that seems palatable, but it is actually evil. 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 to 12 says this, He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. And then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. 1 John 4, 6, we are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. I wanna tell you there is a spirit of falsehood alive and well in the world today. And the spirit of truth is sent from God and the spirit of falsehood is from the father of all lies. That's what the Bible calls the devil, your enemy, the father of lies. So it is so important you and I know the truth, the truth of God's Word, the truth about God, the truth about everything that is in His Word. It is so important so that we can become a lighthouse to the world, so that we can become a clear, loud voice for truth. Because despite people living in this uh, non-truth, their own truth, they are desperately unhappy. They know it, but they fight the truth. And God has called some of them to be redeemed from their lives and to follow the truth. But who are they gonna follow? The Bible says, who will, will if, if no one shouts out, if no one, if the trumpet doesn't give us sound, then who will follow? You and I need to have a clear sound. You and I need to know the truth so that the world can follow. You see, John 14 says this, and I'll pray Jesus talking to his disciples about to leave heaven. He's done his job. He's come to earth. He's died on the cross for the sins of mankind, for our sin. He's discipled a group of men that will start the church of Jesus Christ here on earth. But he has to go because while he's here on earth in human form, he is only limited to what one human body can do and be with a certain amount of people. Even though he drew crowds, it wasn't enough. And he said, it's good that I go away. And he's talking to them and having this conversation. He said, and I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And what is his name? The Spirit of Truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and be with, will be with you and will not leave you orphanless. The Bible teaches that when we come to Jesus and ask him to wash our sins away and accept the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross, he doesn't come to live with us. He's on this He's in, the, on the, in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. But Jesus said, I will send my spirit to live within you. And he is called the spirit of truth. The Bible calls him the spirit of truth. Why? Because he knew the father of lies would be out there spreading non-truth. John 14, 17. 
Uh, no, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. The spirit of truth guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit, you will hear us talking about the Holy Spirit as a church because we believe he is the third person of the Trinity. We believe he is, the Bible says, he's our comforter, he's our guide, he's the person that leads us into all truth. He is the person who whispers to us and gives us dreams. He's the person that stood with Pastor Ashley when he was doing a paper boy's job on Grand Junction Road and began to whisper into his spirit and show him visions and dreams and gave him daydreams of him speaking to thousands of people. He is the person that came into my room when I was eight years old reading my Bible and said to me, Jane, what will you do for me? And I didn't know how to answer and I just said anything. And he's kept me to my promise. He's the person, the spirit of truth that wants to walk with you and end any confusion in any area of your life. He wants to bring freedom into every area of your life because we've just read, you will know the truth when you walk with him and the truth will set you free. It'll set you free from anxiety because God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. He will set you free from guilt and shame. It will set you free to be the parent he's called you to be because he has said, train up the children that I give you in the way that they should go. What is the way they should go? The truth. Teach your children the truth and don't be afraid of the fight. So many parents choose peace over training and no training is peaceable. It actually says that in the Bible. This discipline hurts. This discipline is difficult. But even King David says, you did it for my own good. You did it for my own good, now love on me. Because when we do discipline right, it is for the purpose of training. It is always in love, but it always holds our children to the standard of truth in God's Word and never, ever apologizes for it. You see, church, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with what? Truth. Stand, having the armour of God, the foundational Peace of the armor of God. The first thing you need is the belt of truth. Because if everything else, if your truth is not the truth of God's word, and you are believing some of the truth and some of the lies, in other words, you have a spouse to some of the lies from the father of all lies, and you are believing some of the truth, because Jesus is the truth. When you are dressed for battle, please forgive the enemy for being confused as to whose side you're on. Selah. I 
you okay? Are you okay online? Just teaching the word of God. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it's the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. If you can't discern lies from truth, can I recommend you get off social media till you've read this cover to cover to cover to cover from cover to cover and cover again? And then when you're scrolling on social media, you'll be like, lies, lies, lies. You won't click on the link that says how to have an obedient child in five easy weeks. <laughs> One day, I've proven over lots of years <laughs> that the truth in God's word works. You see, God disciplines us as children, the Bible says. He disciplines us in love, but he does discipline us. I know so many Christians who espouse... Is that countdown clock working? It is. It's going up. Oh, it's that one over there. Dang, I'm thinking, wow, I've got 10 minutes, I'm spacing this out. No, I'm not. (laughs) Here's the thing, here's the message. There's only one message. (laughs) There's only one message. There's only one truth. That truth is absolute. It applies to all people for all time, in all places, always. The absolute truth is Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And if you are confused in any area of your life, and this is where dreams are so important, they need to be based on the truth, the belt of truth. If you do not have the belt of truth, you are open to the deception of the enemy that will take you down a path that will waste those days you have left in confusion and searching and trying to push open doors that God does not even want you to go through. My dreams... was started at a young age because I read, we didn't have a telephone in my house until I was 16 years old. I grew up without a television. There was no television. There weren't a lot of books. There was a set of encyclopedias and there was the Word of God. I read both, cover to cover. (laughs) I read those encyclopedias. They helped me in school. It was wonderful. I thought, oh, I've read that. I know that. I read that in the encyclopedia. Oh, I know that. I read that in the Bible. 
I know what to do here. Or if I don't know what to do, God help me. So I do know what to do. Read the Word of God. If you get nothing else, there is an absolute truth. Don't tell me that your child has an IEP. Is that what you call it here? An IEP? Like a diagnosis? All my three children have got a diagnosis of some sort. You know, today, people have overanalyzed everything. There are anxiety disorders that four-year-olds have. And I am not, I am not, I promise you, I am not decrying the fact that some children have terrible anxiety. The Word of God will help them just as much as a psychologist will. Teach them God's Word. I just really feel like there are people here that need to accept the truth in God's Word that Jesus Christ died for their sin, for their shame, for their guilt, and they can be free. They can live free of confusion. They can live free of guilt, free of shame. They can live free of sin because God's Word enables us and the Spirit of truth that comes and dwells inside of us, the reason He comes and dwells inside of us is He helps us live the life that is pleasing to God that we can't do on our own because we're all human, myself included. And we have this unreal magnetism to do what is wrong. All of us, all the time. But it's the Holy Spirit inside of me that goes, uh, oh, quickly hurry over to the truth. But, but you know, God wants to do the same for you. God in heaven loves you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And He sent Jesus Christ to die. He sent Him to this world. And He came of His own accord because He loves you so much. And He died for you, for every single person down through the annals of time, right from time past to the future. And you are one of them. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, 
purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.